0: to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews, 11th chapter. <coughs> Brother Kerry Dwyer will have a scripture reading for us.
1: I'll be reading from Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 23 through 28. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches, than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them.
0: The last few Sunday evenings we have been uh, studying from Hebrews chapter 11 and we've been comparing uh, the uh, these individuals that are mentioned in the chapter uh, to us in a lot of ways to see if we are showing in our lives the characteristics of faith that they showed in theirs. And we have referred to these folks in Hebrews chapter 11 as a network of faithful people, and we've drawn on a, a modern-day uh, application or a modern-day example uh, of uh, social networking, and we've been referring to this as not Facebook but Faith Book, uh, and we've been using that concept of social networking and social interaction, specifically as it relates to Facebook, uh, to uh, kind of give a little structure to our study. We talked about last week how in when you if you use Facebook, there's a thing called a status update that's usually at the, the, the place for it's at the top of the screen, the top of the page, and you put a status update, which is basically whatever you want to put there. If you want to tell people how you feel, you can put it there. If you want to um, uh, moan and gripe about your favorite baseball team blowing a five-run lead in the, in the ninth inning, uh, you can express that frustration. And you can express joy if they win the next day. So you can put whatever you desire there. And so a lot of people use the the status update to put things that are more important than than baseball. People will use them a lot of times to express uh, statements of confidence, statements of faith in God, uh, statements that... Uh, that try to build others up and help people along in their walk with the Lord. And so last time we looked at what uh, Hebrews chapter 11 says about Abraham and his family and gave some possible status updates that Abraham might have used as he contemplated his circumstances. Tonight we turn our attention to uh, status updates that involve Moses from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 to 28. And so we start, first of all, not with Moses himself, but with his parents. We read in chapter 11, verse 23 of Hebrews, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. The Egyptians were cruel taskmasters. And this is drawing our attention back to that time when um, uh, the Hebrew people were in Egypt. And... Um, Out of uh, fear of rebellion, the Pharaoh kept a heavy and oppressive hand on the Hebrew people. They had come to Egypt during a time of famine, and they had continued to to multiply while they lived in Egypt, and they became so numerous that the Pharaoh was afraid that they might revolt and get some other nations to join them, and then Pharaoh would have a problem on his hands, and so he decided he would put them in uh, the bondage of slavery, and so he did that. And we read in Exodus chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, these words. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. So that was the circumstances in which they were living at the time. And then to top all of that off, Any male child that was born to the Hebrew people was to be cast into the Nile River. That was Pharaoh's decree in Exodus 1, verse 16. Now think for just a moment about how paralyzing it would be to have to live with that threat over your head day after day especially when a wife comes to realize that she's with child. And as the days draw on, think of what it would be like to live in those circumstances. And so what could powerless slaves do in the face of that kind of a despotic ruler of the great Egyptian empire? Well, that's where Amram and Jochebed come in. And this might have been their status update as they contemplated their circumstances. If they had access to social media, they might have stated this. To be a person of faith, you cannot give up easily. To be a person of faith, you can't give up easily. Amram and Jochebed did not simply shrug their shoulders and resign themselves to the death of their child. They hid Moses for three months. And then when they could hide him no longer, they placed him in a basket near the river's edge, hoping that his life would be spared. And as you read through the story, you come to find out that it is. And he grows up to be the great deliverer of God's people. Now the point that we want to make from this tonight, there could be several that we could draw our attention to. Here's the one I want you to consider. We must ourselves fight the temptation to give in to self-pity when life around us seems to be falling apart. We talked a little bit about that this morning when we discussed the Philippian jailer and how his life all of a sudden was turned upside down and he saw no way out until God intervened and the the jailer had a new perspective on life and he went to Paul and Silas and heard from them the gospel and it did change his life for the better. And here's a situation in which we might find ourselves, not in the same particular specific circumstances, but we might find ourselves in situations at times where it seems like our lives are falling apart. Or it seems like things are not going well for us and we don't know what the answer is, and we might be tempted to simply throw up our hands and say, I give up. Moses' parents would tell us, don't do that. If you want to be a person of faith, which all of us, I'm sure, desire to be, we want to be people of faith. To be a person of faith, you cannot give up easily. We've got to muster the courage somehow to keep fighting the good fight. Recall for just a moment that time when Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord in Genesis chapter 32. If you go back and read that chapter, you'll find that at some point in their wrestling match that was happening uh, during the night, that Jacob held on tenaciously and said these words, Genesis 32 verse 26, I'll not let you go until you bless me. Isn't that interesting? I will not let you go until you bless me. If we can take that circumstance and that statement for just a moment, if you'll allow it, and and, and pull it out of that context and give it a kind of a broad application. That ought to be our life motto. Especially in times when we're having to wrestle with circumstances, when we're having to fight the temptation to give up and give in, our, our life should be focused on that principle when it comes to God. And we essentially say to God, I will not let go of you, God, until you bless me. God will bless us. God's good. He blesses His children. But our, 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 our position should be that even if life is not going the way we think it should, that we're not going to give up on God, we will tenaciously hold on to Him until blessing comes, until things get better. There are some blessings that will come only to those who struggle and persevere. It is the testing of our faith that produces patience, isn't it? James 1 verse 2. Romans chapter 5 verse 4. Sometimes we desire certain blessings, and not anything wrong with desiring them, but when we realize that those blessings only come through the process of difficulty, we want the blessing without the difficulty. Well, sometimes that just doesn't happen. That it's the difficulty that we go through that ultimately produces the blessing. And so let us not grow weary in well doing. For in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Galatians 6, verse 9. We ought to be steadfast, unmovable. There's the tenacious holding on. Unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, what we offer to God by way of obedience and service to Him will not be useless. It will not be in vain. And so the parents of Moses might have said that for their, or put that as their status update. To be a person of faith, you cannot give up faith. Easily, regardless of your circumstances. Now let's turn to Moses himself. Verses 24, we're back in Hebrews 11, verses 24 through 28. Moses, as he grew up, grew up in the palace of Pharaoh, because when he was in that basket, he was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter and raised in Pharaoh's palace. And he was poised to become someone great in Egypt. Stephen makes reference to that in his uh, speech before the Sanhedrin in Acts chapter 7, verse 22. And when Moses became an adult, he faced a choice. And it was a choice the gravity of which few had ever faced before. When Moses came to realize his lineage, that he was of the Hebrew people, he faced a choice. His choice was this. Do I fully embrace Egypt, raised in the palace of Pharaoh, setting himself up to be one of the greatest in all of Egypt? Do I fully embrace that and everything that comes with it? Do I fully embrace the power that would be mine if I give my loyalties completely to Egypt? Would I accept, do I accept the wealth, the immeasurable wealth that would come by casting his lot with Egypt? Do I embrace the privilege that would be mine as one who would be in such a high position in such a wonderful, profitable, rich, wealthy empire? That's choice number one. His other choice? To fully embrace Israel. To fully embrace the Hebrew people and instead of embracing something that would bring him power and wealth and privilege to fully embrace Israel would bring into his life suffering and poverty and slavery that was his choice and Moses chose suffering and sacrifice hebrews 11:24 by faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. If Moses had access to social media, this might have been his status update. The road of faith is the road less traveled. The road of faith is the road less traveled. How many people put in Moses' position would have made the choice that Moses made? How many people would have stared in the face of all of that wealth and privilege and power and honor and then look at poverty and slavery and suffering and misery and said, I'll take the misery. Moses did. Few people are willing to give up the pleasures of sin. When you think about our circumstances, our world, our culture, few people would give up the pleasures of sin. Living a life of faith is going to put you at odds with a lot of people over a lot of issues. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1, verses 15 and 16, that we as Christians are to be holy people. As the Lord your God who called you is holy, you be holy in all things. As it is written, be holy for I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. That word holy means separate. We are a holy nation. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. And what that means, or one of the things that that means is that we can, as holy people, as separate people, are people who simply cannot live any way that we please. If we have decided to embrace the blessings that God offers us in Jesus Christ, with blessing comes responsibility. And when we embrace the blessings that are offered to us through Christ, we also embrace the responsibilities that go along with that. To live lives of holiness to live lives that are separate from the evil that characterizes the world in which we live. And so when Peter says, Be holy, for God is holy, that's what he means. Separate yourself from the evil that is characteristic of the world. And so we can't live any way that we please. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20, passage we studied in class this morning, in the adult classes, where Paul encourages, demands, uses an imperative, a statement of command in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18. Flee fornication. Flee sexual sin. And he said, here's why. He said, don't you remember? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? You are not your own. You don't belong to yourself anymore. You've been bought with a price. You've been purchased. The price being the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Acts 20, verse 28. And because you are not your own, because you've been bought with a price, he says in verse 20, Therefore, glorify God in your body. It's not about glorifying yourself. It's not about living life for you. It's about living life for Him because He purchased you with the blood of His Son. And so the road of faith is, yes, the road less traveled, but that's the road we walk. Paul would write in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. He said, For we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. And he died for all, so that they which live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died and for their sakes was raised again. Let that passage sink into your mind for just a moment. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 14 and 15, He died for all, so that... Now, if somebody came and asked you, why did Jesus die for you? Now, there are a lot of right answers to that. Depends on what perspective you're you're addressing it from. The Bible would give a lot of different answers for that as to why Jesus died for us. But if we kind of narrow down the question and and ask, well, for what purpose did Jesus die? In other words, He died for you so that what would happen next? What should be your response to His death for you? Well, a lot of people would say, just enjoy the blessings. Just sit back and enjoy it. And some people would even say, He died for me so that I could have so much freedom in Christ, I can do whatever I want to, live however I like. To live, His grace is just going to cover everything regardless of how I decide to conduct my life. Is that why Jesus died for you? So that you and I can just simply live any way we want to, not according to the inspired Apostle Paul. He said He died for you so that they which live, that's us, should no longer live for themselves. But that they should live for Him who for their sakes died and rose again. That's why he died for us. Not so we can do whatever we want, but so that we have the freedom to choose to do what he wants us to do. And Moses got that. Why did Moses make the choice that he made? Well, let the writer of Hebrews answer that. Chapter 11, verse 26. For he considered the reproach of Christ, greater wealth than all the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. Moses looked beyond the here and now. He looked beyond the the material wealth that Egypt could have given him to a greater reward. He looked beyond this life to something else. And he saw what the greater wealth really was. And when the text says in verse 26, he looked for the reward or looked to the reward, in the Greek text that's in a particular tense of verb that indicates an ongoing action in past time, the imperfect tense. In other words, he kept on looking to the reward. This was his way of life. This was, the, this was his mindset. This was his constant thought process to keep his eyes constantly fixed on the reward. It's the same word, incidentally, that will be used in Hebrews 12 verse 2 where we're told, fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your gaze on Him. Moses fixed his eyes on the reward. And basically what he accepted was, what he understood and lived by was the principle of delayed gratification. That is hard, isn't it? Delayed gratification. We live in a culture where where you want everything now. Don't we live in a culture where, where whatever it is you desire, you want it in a hurry? Isn't one of the things that we complain about a lot is having to wait? waiting in lines, waiting in traffic. If we can embrace the principle of delayed gratification, we'll be a lot better off as far as our character is concerned. Moses could have had a lot of material wealth immediately if he had just said, I'll take Egypt over Israel. But instead, he looked to a future reward that he knew would be better than anything Egypt could give him. But before he could get that reward, he would have to live through a period of time that would be extremely unpleasant. But he said, you know what, I'll delay my gratification and I'll take this period of time of difficulty and hardship because I know when that's over, I'll get something better than what I could have right now if I took it right now. That's hard. That's hard. But Moses got it so Moses would tell us, the road of faith is the road less traveled. But it's the road that we're on. And so what does all of this mean for us? What's the so what? Well, when we look at what we're told about Moses' parents and Moses himself, let me offer you these thoughts that I'll leave with you tonight. Satan wants you to doubt that God cares. He wants your life to be in in such a condition that you begin to think that God is not doing anything. And that God doesn't care about your circumstances. He wants you to question God's wisdom. He wants you to question God's answers to prayer. He wants you to question everything so that He can sow seeds of doubt into your mind. So that maybe you think, you know what, maybe God's not really looking out for me. Might that have been a temptation for... Moses' parents? Might have been. But they said, to be a person of faith, you can't give up that easily. And so they didn't. And so we've got to fight those thoughts ourselves and determine, as Jacob did, that we are not going to let go until blessing comes. And continually, we must affirm that principle by thought, by word, by action, and affirm that our confidence is in God and that we're confident that He'll work with our decisions. Somehow, some way, God will work to bring about blessing in my life, to bring about His glory and His honor, because that's ultimately what it's about. And Satan wants you to lower your standards and follow the path of least resistance. A path that leads ultimately to eternal doom. Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. But we must fix our eyes on the eternal reward. And not fall prey to what Satan may offer us in the here and now. You can have this now. You can have this pleasure now. You don't have to suffer. That may be his position. That may be his temptation. But we've got to be able to see through that and say, you know what? I'm not going to accept the passing pleasures of sin. I'm going to choose to cast my lot with God and I'll delay my gratification until I can receive that eternal reward. So let whatever happens to me in this world happen. I've got my eyes somewhere else. I'm going to walk the road of faith. Less traveled, yep. But that's the road I'm going to walk. Because that's the only road that will lead me ultimately to God. What is your status? Are you walking the road of faith? Or are you one that just wants to give up and give up too easily? If you want to be a part of this network, if you want to be a part of faith book, if you want to be a part of a network of the faithful, then latch hold of these characteristics. Don't give up easily. Don't give up at all. And walk down the road of faith, even if you have to walk that road all by yourself. If that's the road you want to be on, then make the choice to be on that road. We're ready to help you tonight. If you're ready to leave the world and leave the broad path that leads to destruction and get on that narrow way that leads to life, then put your faith and your confidence in Jesus. Turn from your sins in penitence. Be immersed in water to have your sins washed away by His blood. May we help you do that tonight. If you're already a Christian, but you've decided perhaps at some point that you wanted to get off of that road of faith and get on some other road, come back to where you know you need to be. And if we may help you do that, we invite you to come as we stand together and sing.